G'day, welcome back to the Fantasy Footy Brains podcast. This is Josh. We're back here for round four. We round five. four, we round five. We round, round five. five. There you go. We're round five. Time flies. Um, and as you can tell, I'm joined by my esteemed co-host, Daniel. Daniel, mate, how are you? And were you one of the 34% that called me an idiot for trading in Nico Hines and making him captain this week? <laughs> yeah, doing well, Josh, mate, uh, especially after that round of fantasy that we just had. No, I wasn't calling you an idiot. I thought it was a bit of a risk, but, you know, with Hines, he can do that in, you know, little little training. So, um, yeah, he's obviously a gun and a must-have uh, coming into this round for sure. It's, it's all right. I'll forgive those listeners because... 66% did call me a genius, so that makes me feel good. And, yeah, pretty pretty handy one for me this week. Uh, moving up into the top 500, Nico Hines, obviously Blitz City's now over a million dollars, which I – maybe Nathan Cleary hit that at some point last year, but it's pretty pretty rare, I think, to get anyone over a million dollars. I can't remember it happening too often. So, yeah, happy days, and hopefully I can, I guess, hang on now. Uh, you had a pretty nice meet yourself, mate. Yeah, so I scored about 960. Obviously didn't bring in Hines and captain him, but did have Cleary as captain, and a lot of my uh, other players performed. Unfortunately, I didn't get um, Khan Prayer or Warbrick into my into my bench because they were sitting on my emergencies. But, um, yeah, what can you do? The rest of my team did well enough to get me up there, so I jumped up again, uh, which was nice. But, yeah, geez, I, I'm going to be a bit far away from the top 1,000 without having Hines for sure. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's a tricky one, and I, I'm guessing a lot of people were in the same boat with with Warbrick and Cam Pereira this week. I, I guess, kind of lucked out as well that my team was in such shambles that I had to play both of them, but it, uh, it worked out for me this <laughs> week. Um, but I guess now that they've had that one kind of breakout game, they're two guys that if they're in your team, which they should be, uh, you know, we can use them for a loop now with, uh, you know. Well, especially Khan Pereira, he's got the uh, the buy this week, so you can maybe use Warbrick as a loop or, you know, uh, other players on the buys in, in different weeks moving ahead. Yeah, and just to, just to touch on that as well, I guess Khan Pereira, he's kind of an interesting one because he, he did have that zero score, you know, out of the gate in round one. So a lot of people might not have him. I know he's, like, still nearly 40% owned, but he's one that's still quite cheap that, you know, if you don't have, you can kind of bring him in pretty easily, like 304K as a winger. You don't need to pick him up this week, but you can look to get him next week kind of thing. So, yeah, if you don't have him, he's one that, um, you know, negative break even coming into next round and will make plenty of cash if you don't already have him. Yeah, and you probably know better than me about about how, I guess, the rolling averages work and how that determines your price. So do you want to kind of explain to people why that zero uh going to kind of like move out of his rolling average and actually moving forward it's going to lead to a lot more price rises yeah i guess i can touch on it a bit i don't know the exact kind of like you know formula that nrl fantasy uses to to determine price rises and whatnot but basically uh based on your average and your price you'll have a break even each week if you score over that break even or it's a projected break even it's not even not an exact science but generally if you score over that break even you'll make some cash if you score under you'll make uh you'll lose cash um from your, from your, I guess, the player salary or the player cost. Uh, your average from your last two to three games needs to be generally above your average overall for you to keep making cash. So for Khan Pereira, who scored a zero round one, 
his break even, I think the next round was somewhere around the 30 to 40 mark. So because his previous scores were so low, he needs to get a higher score than his general, you know, price average um, to actually get over his break even and start making cash. I know it's not a great explanation of it, but um, if you look at it stats wise, say your price averages out to about a 30 and you score a zero the first week, it means you need to score closer to a 40 or a 50 to average out you know, the average of those two scores bring them back to your rough price range of 30. So, um, yeah, you need to actually kind of look at how players are going in their last couple of rounds to determine if they're actually going to make a decent amount of cash. No, I think you did well there. That's, uh, yeah, it's not an exact science, but that's kind of the gist of it. And I guess one thing to highlight with Khan Pereira, just because he got that zero as his first one, uh, his round one score, that zero is going to move out of his rolling three-point average now. So now you've got scores of 26, 38, and 64. And 64 is especially important because it means that 64 is going to stay with him for the next three rounds as well, um, and which is why he's got, if I'm not mistaken, negative 19 break-even heading into the next round. So he's yeah. going to make you definitely some cash um, and definitely one you should be holding on to um, for this week, even though he's on the buy. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move into some team lists, mate. We'll um we'll try and be a little bit quicker and just kind of touch on the main points here. The Roosters, nothing much doing. Pretty pretty stock standard. Joey Manu's out for a week with suspension. Drew Hutchinson comes into the centers. Uh, Brent Smith has that nine role still, uh, and there's Jake Turpin on the bench this week. But I think a lot of people have sold Brandon Smith. If you we're still an owner. Are you holding definitely at this point and just hoping for the best with him? Yeah. I mean, if you've held him this long, you're just holding on for dear life. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think if you've held him this long, you keep him. Um, you probably still play him. Like I know his average is only 25, but he's had a couple of weeks break now from that rib injury. So I think he should be starting to recover and we'll actually see the best of him hopefully over the next couple of weeks and hopefully the roosters as well. Cause they've been really underperforming for the first couple of rounds. So Brendan Smith's one that I'm going to keep an eye on. You know, his break-even this week is 53, and he's priced under 500K. So if he has another, you know, scores maybe 45 to 50 this week and starts to show signs that he is um, bouncing back, then I might look at him as a buy. But for now, he's just one to watch and just keep an eye on to see if he can, you know, get big minutes and get back to his regular scores above 50. Yeah, I don't mind that as a shout. I think especially because he's dropped uh, even lower than what his starting point was now um there is definitely some value there i'm not sure if the uh if the scars have healed and if i'll be able to bring him in if he uh, starts starts scoring well but uh definitely want to be looking into um for sure but i think if i was gonna go that way with a hooker i know a few people have been messaging us about Jaden braley um we're not quite onto the knights team left um at the moment but what are your thoughts of going at, at Jaden Braley now that he's lost a little bit of bit of cash with that HIA affected game? Yeah, uh, he is a pretty great buy at hooker. Um, you know, his his average is generally between the fifty to fifty five mark, and you know, if even with a couple of attacking stats, you know, a line break assist here or there, a tackle bust here or there, he can get closer to sixty. 
Uh, especially now that he's down to close to 600k. Um, it was kind of like Marnie in the first couple of rounds that when he was at, a, at around that price um, and looking good. Brayley looks the exact same. He's all base stats though, Brayley, which is always good. Um, so yeah, he's a he's an excellent buy if you need hooker cover for sure. Yeah, so I guess with our conversation regarding uh, Camperera and the three-round average, so he's got scores of 51, 5, and 59. So one of the good things, if you are prioritizing other buys this week, you've probably got another week potentially to wait on him. He's got a break even of 52. So you'd imagine he'll be kind of around that ballpark. But even if he gets like a 60-ish, like he's not going to go up too much. So he's still... One you can kind of look to next week as well. Yeah, he's not going to move too far from from the price that he's at now next week. But if he, you know if he scores over that break even, it means his break even will probably drop down to about forty to forty five. So then he'll be a buy for sure next round. I like it, mate. Um, moving on to your boys, the Eels. Uh, we've got Wirimu Greg, who's been named a starter prop. He's uh, basement price, if I'm not mistaken or yep. at least very cheap in the 200s and then uh, we've also got Matt Dory on the bench who had an all right game on the weekend uh still hit his break even made you a little bit of cash I guess for me I've still got Dory but I'm looking to move him towards uh Jackson Ford this week do you have any other advice for Dury or any love for for Greek coming in this week yeah, probably not Wiramu Greg. He's he only averages around, you know, fifteen to twenty on a good day. And even in this starting role, I think he's probably gonna get the first 15, 20 minutes and then that'll be it for his night. Um I could see a scenario where Parramatta probably play Josh Hodgson and they play Brendan Hands and Hodgson plays like more of a, a lock or a middle role. Uh but I don't see Wiramu Greg playing huge minutes, so probably one to avoid. At this stage, Dury's an interesting one. He's, I think he's breaking in 16, so he probably has a little bit more cash to make, and I can see him getting a bit more, like, extra minutes in this team just because Junior Paulo's not there. So there's a potential to hold him this week, but, yeah, you can move him on whenever you're ready because he's not going to be coming back into this team, and it probably looks like Cartwright's going to lose his spot soon to Sean Lane when he comes back from injury as well. So another one you can uh, not move on yet, but one that you'll have to move on in the coming weeks. Yeah, mate, I am kind of in the same boat. Regarding Matt Dory, like I think I'm gonna move him on this week. He doesn't really have much more to to go for regarding you know price. I think it's that's pretty much it for him. Might go up a tiny bit more, but um yeah. yeah, I think if you've got you know a good option to move him along to, you should definitely look into it. Moving on, mate, let's go to the the green machine up against the the para, the not the Parramatta Hills, but the Penrith Panthers. Uh Nothing really here for the the Raiders team. Pretty much the same as was last week. I don't think there's anything really to discuss here. But moving to the Panthers, a guy called Zach Hosking. Our prayers have been answered. The Instagram story has been answered. And I received a message from you early today saying, get the king in. Um, do you support that, mate? Or, and um, is he a must for this week, do you think, Zach Hosking? Yeah, a lot of talk about Hosking and, you know, he's only like a filler option at the moment because Gunn is being um, rested. But nah, you, you've got to get Hosking, Hosking in. He's, his rolling average in the starting second row um, role is 69, which is very nice. Um, I very think nice. he he should be in this Panthers team long term. I could, there's, there's, definitely a, there's definitely a scenario where, you know, Liam Martin comes back and Garner comes back, but Garner's left out which is the most likely scenario. 
Um, the other scenario is Garner comes back and Hosking moves to the bench, but I don't see him outside of this 17. Um, that game against Parramatta was absolutely excellent from him. The fact that he made 54 tackles and didn't miss a single one is crazy. And I don't see why they would trust him with 80 minutes on an edge and not trust um, Garner with more than 20 minutes. So most likely they're leaning towards Hosking into the future. So yeah, get him in now because his price will skyrocket in the, the coming weeks for sure. I agree 100%. And I tell you what, looking at his stat line, it is one of the sexiest stat lines you'll ever see for <laughs> any player, maybe ever. You've got 54 tackles, you know, five tackle breaks, two offloads, 100 meters gained, and no negatives in here whatsoever. No, no missed tackles, no penalties. Uh, I think the thing that really stands out for me is those 54 tackles, that high work rate you've got on the edge. This is, you know, kind of analogous to guys like Angus Crichton and like the the legends of the edge position who've got these high tackle counts usually. Um, and I think I agree with you, mate. There's not really much of a downside to him. He could win this role. I think even, I think like a worst case scenario for him is he plays 80 minutes this week, which looks pretty likely considering Scott Sorensen is in the team. So you'd think he makes at least 50, he goes, you know, at least kind of 50-ish this week. So he's a good number on your team, plus he's going to make you probably around the 60-ish grand uh, this week if he scores like that. And then I think even moving forward, he should have a role somewhere on this bench where he can kind of max out his his cash rises and probably making you at least 100K all up. Um, yeah, and then you've obviously got the idea like you could win this position long term, and then you then you're really cheering. Yeah, I think it's a it's kind of a no brainer. He'll he'll make you enough enough cash in one week to to be worth the trade pretty much. I know you aim for about a hundred k per trade, but in one week he he should score like you said at least fifty, probably closer to sixty to be honest, based on his stats. And he'll he'll go up at least another sixty to seventy k, and then. You know, maybe he gets the starting role, maybe he doesn't. Doesn't matter because his break even is still going to be negative coming into the week after, and he'll still most likely be in the team um, somewhere. And then he'll make you a bit of extra cash as well. So he'll probably make that hundred k over the next two weeks as long as he's in the team. So yeah, I think he's a must buy this week for sure. Happy days. Um, I guess. What is your position if people are kind of weighing up? They're like, oh, do I get Nico Hines in this week or do I get Zach Hosking? I can't get the both. What would you be doing in that situation? That is the exact situation that I'm in, and I'm going <laughs> Hosking. Um, I, I I know Hines is one mil, um, and I know he's probably a more consistent scorer, but the fact that Hosking's got cash to make and we're still only in round five, you go the cash for sure. Um, Hines, you can look at after the buy. He'll probably go up a little bit more, Hines, unfortunately, because his break-even's only 50, so he's probably going to... Yeah, what do you mean? You know, Hines is a cash cow, mate. <laughs> at this stage he probably is to be honest if he averages close to 90 yeah he's definitely a cash cow um but yeah I, I think for a lot of people Heinz is out of reach so you're probably better off going Hosking and getting a bit more cash to then build up to Heinz in a week or two's time I think I agree with you mate he's yeah I think he's one of the more important buyers that maybe we'll get over this season I think you just don't want to yep. miss out on him um could be one that really bites you as well if you miss the boat and he ends up scoring 
60s consistently for the rest of the season. Then he's oh, up yeah. more towards the like, you know, 750. You know, look at guys like Jermaine Hopgood at the moment, who's over 700K um, yep. and has made, you know, 250 plus. Yeah. He could be one of these guys, I think. And, you know, heaps of wraps of him in the off season. There was chat that he was going to win this role over Luke Garner for a period there. Um, so I think definitely by his showing in this first game, he's, uh, yeah, he could, he's been doing a lot right. And yeah, I think he's, he's the way to go this week. Yeah. I think, I mean, look at it this way. If he, if he starts in the team for Penrith from round one, do you buy him over Garner? Pretty much a no brainer. Yes. And now if you look at him as a player that's going to play for the rest of the season, if he is a keeper edge player, you know, scoring 60 every week, 540k you'd buy him every day of the week there's no way you would let that kind of player that's going to be scoring 60s for the rest of the season from an edge go so i think he's a must-have at his price right now i think so as well and i think that kind of caps off our zach hoskin chat so get him in um and yeah don't don't mess around i think with a guy like zach hoskin it could be one of the buys of the year yeah. Moving on to the um the rabbits game and the storm, uh, one I kind of want to get your thoughts on here on the rabbits team. He's uh decently high owned, and that's um Isaac Thompson for the rabbits. What are your thoughts on him and um any kind of panic stations? Would you be selling him? You just kind of waiting to get that big game like we've seen with Camprera and Warbrick. Um, any thoughts there, mate? Yeah, Isaac Thompson's one that I avoided to start the season for this very reason. Um, you know, the fact that he is a winger and he he came into, what, fantasy last year with two tries in two rounds and averaged 40. So everyone was looking at that average being like, oh, he's a must-have, you know, he's going to make a ton of cash. But being on a wing and with the opening games that the Rabbitohs had, I didn't expect him to, you know, do huge things, which he obviously hasn't to start. But um, some of the fixtures, you know, over the next couple of rounds, it'll start to loosen up a little bit for him. Still has the Storm and the Pan- Panthers over the next couple of rounds. But, you know, in between that, you've got the Dogs, the Dolphins, um, and soon to be the Tigers in, I think, five or six rounds time. So there, there is hope for Thompson, and he's probably one you're, you're going to hold on to just because he is so cheap and there's not really any other players around that price that you're looking to to go to or even cheaper. So... Definitely one that I think I'd be holding um, because there is potential for Thompson to score big. And against the Storm as well, when you look at the Storm and where they've conceded their tries, it's all out wide. So wingers and centers have been scoring a lot against the Storm. And you look at Calm Prera, um just a couple of weeks ago, scored a double against Warbrick on the wing. So uh, Thompson could be in for a, a decent um, game this week against the Storm and hopefully a try or two in it there for him as well. Yeah, I don't mind that shout. I've, I've got him and I wish... I had gone to um, Lockie Miller, who's been absolutely killing it. Um, but, you know, hindsight, I think, yeah, he Always will be going money. up against. Uh, yeah. I think, so Alex Johnson, I think, will be playing on Will Warbrick's side this week, um, if I'm not mistaken, because Johnson's the left winger, Warbrick's the right winger for the yeah, Storm. Right. Yep. So that's another one. HA could go absolutely huge this week lock for any time try scorer but uh yeah i think that's this i'm thinking the same way with with thompson and i think it's just a hold until he hopefully has that breakout game like we've seen with warbrick and 
Camperera as well. Yeah. Moving on to the Storm, mate. We're obviously happy with Katoa and even Liero. If you got him, I'd be pretty happy with him and just holding those guys and keep riding those price rises. And then any love for Jonah Pezzett? Low break even. Make some cash again for you this week if you have him. What are your thoughts? Yeah, he's another he's another name that's kind of been floating around um, our our DMs, <laughs> really. Um, I wouldn't be buying him now. I mean, he's got a negative seven break even, but I wouldn't be buying him now if you don't already have him. The fact that Hughes will be coming back in a week or two's time um, will mean that he just drops straight out of this team. I don't even think he'll be joining the bench just for the fact that they have Bronson Garlic there as their backup hooker and... Pezzett isn't really going to be making tackles in the middle. He's there as like a playmaker um, or, you know, come in like a wish it was kind of thing. You know, he was coming in with for like five, 10 minutes just to change up the game, you know, make a play or two, but nothing crazy. So I wouldn't be jumping on Pezzett at this stage, but yeah, if you have him great buy um, early on, if you, if you got him in straight away, cause he's uh, yeah, he's scored a couple tries and it's looked quite good actually in the halves of the storm. I agree with that. That he's been looking good and that now he's probably past his expiration date because what Hughes comes back next week yeah, or even the week after. Um, so I don't think he's got too much more cash to make and he probably yeah, moves to that relevant role after. I think that's it for this. Oh, one other, just a quick one. I think there's a, a few David Mawali owners out there. What would you be doing with him? Is he just a hold and we, we hope until he gets... <laughs> A bit more minutes, and hopefully this breakout game. Oh, I've been saying it every week that he should get a few more minutes. I probably, <laughs> I think you probably move him on. There's a couple of players you can move him on to this week as well. So yeah, he's probably a sell for me. Um, someone like uh, Toby Couchman at on the bench at the Dragons. He's been performing quite well from the bench and getting decent minutes. So he's one that uh, I might be looking at to go. I know it's a bit sideways going Mowali to Couchman, but Couchman looks likely to to make more cash than Mowali. So yeah, probably probably moving on from him at this stage and i guess another similar one in that category and not oh look at this good segue into the sea eagles team here um a guy called carl lawton well he's not on the team so scratch that he's um (laughs) but one to kind of keep an eye on because he's got that negative break even came off the bench last week if i'm not mistaken so he's probably one to have a look at uh, I know a few people are also interested in Sean Kepi. What are your thoughts on him now, mate, moving forward for the for the Seagulls? Yeah, look, he was a good buy, um, and he probably still is a good buy. He does have a bit of cash to make. He's been getting uh, some bonus minutes off the bench, to be honest. Um, he, he usually only played around, you know, 15 to 20 minutes last year, so the fact that he's getting closer to 40 a game means that his scores have kind of increased. So I think he's probably got... Another fifty to one hundred k to make for sure. Um, yeah, still a still a pretty good buy as a middle forward. Uh, so yeah, you feel free to get Kepi in. Probably the last week you can get him in. I wouldn't be getting him in from next week onwards just because his cash has already kind of reached that point where you don't want to waste a trade because he's not going to make enough for you. So um, yeah, this week's probably the last week to bring in Kepi. Uh, but like I said, Couchman's obviously another choice that's a lot cheaper that'll make more cash as well but just won't be scoring as good of scores because Kepi's been scoring around the 40 mark. So, okay, scores to actually have on your bench um, instead of your emergencies, whereas Cashman's probably your emergencies and just making cash from there. Yeah, I don't mind that as a shout. Kepi's pretty nice for that kind of stable 40 score if that's what you want in your team. Personally, I'm leaning 
if you've got the cash, uh, going to like a Jackson Ford or someone like that, who's yeah. a bit more expensive. Um, but he, I think he's got the, I guess, uh, the upside that he can hit those 60s like he did on the weekends. Tom Kepi, I think he can't. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, Ford's actually cheaper than Kepi. So I would say oh. go forward in that s- scenario because he's a dual position player and he's going to be playing 80 on an edge for the Warriors going forward. So, yeah, I think I'd go forward over Kepi if I had to choose between them. Definitely, yeah. Got that upside. I think Sean Kepi's upside is that kind of 40s and then he's kind of also got that, you know, he might have a, a lower weekend score you close to the 30s. So, yeah, I like that. One other thing I just wanted to to get you kind of gauge on, mate. What's your um, what's your status on Tommy Turbo? Is he is he a must this week against the Knights? And where do you kind of rate him in some of the other potential buys we have this week? Yeah, Turbo. Well, I was calling him as a buy last week. He's made a little bit more cash on that, but he's still a buy as long as he's sub six fifty. He's still a buy. Um, this week against the Knights, he could go absolutely insane um that's for sure when you look at where the knights have conceded uh a lot of their tries it's from the winger fullback position so uh yeah turbo's turbo could be on for a for a big one here um so if you miss out on him this week it might be it might be closed doors for you he might be well over 700k after this round i feel exactly the same and honestly if i wasn't nico hines owner or I probably still have Clearish slightly ahead, but he's an interesting skipper option, I think, as well this week if you have him. Um, if and you're reading to to go a bit left field and and pod because you know we saw what he got a 70, 70 odd two weeks ago. Um, so he's got these big scores in him. The Knights being pretty average, so yeah, you could definitely see him having a field day out there. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the the points scored against the Knights for the last couple of rounds, um, they're up around the 40 mark. The Dolphins put 36 on them. And then, um, well, the Raiders actually didn't put too many points on them, but they definitely did look very, very scratchy out wide. So, yeah, one to one to look at because Manly are prone to scoring huge amounts of points against some of these weaker teams. Definitely. Um, and then I guess moving to the Knights, Lockie Miller had a pretty good game. Do you think... Has the ship sailed from Lockie Miller to to buy him in, or is he still somebody as a luxury trader? If you had all these other guys, you'd be you'd be looking at. Oh, it's probably sailed already. You look at his first couple of rounds against the Warriors and the Tigers, where he's scoring, you know, the thirty to forty mark, which is probably his, you know, standard score. And the last couple of rounds against the Raiders, the Raiders were in all sorts. He was just <laughs> he was running right um, against the Miller, um, and against the Dolphins, he scored a double and still only managed sixty. So. I'd probably say the ship has sailed at the moment in terms of a cash cow option for Miller. Um, if you're bringing him in to to hold him as like a keeper, then sure. But I think I'd I'd prefer to go up to Turbo instead of going Miller at this stage. I agree with that. And one who might just be the one who got away from me this year is <laughs> just don't know don't know why don't know why I didn't do it. But uh, but here we go. And well, you went Turbo instead, right? Well, yeah, I went turbo instead. So it has been. <laughs> you can't really good complain that. that much, can you? <laughs> but imagine if I had have gone Thompson instead of Miller, found like an extra hundred odd k or whatever it was. Um, Miller instead of Thompson, yeah, yeah, not wrong. Yeah, that's what I mean. Sorry, yeah, it would have been nice. But what can you do? 
Jeez, you would have been top um, 10, probably. Mate, don't, <laughs> don't start putting that out there, mate. <laughs> just going back and analyzing all the scores, what I could have been getting. Um, <laughs> it's it's actually pretty cool. Through the footy statistics stat, you can actually look at anyone's team and you can see what they what their trades were, what their rank was, and how they've kind of developed over the season. So if you want to have a look, you can just go to footystats.com and have a little little squizzy beak. Squizzy beak. You know, that's, that's what stuff nightmares are made of. I don't want to be going back and, uh, why did I do this in round three? Yeah. You idiot. Um, <laughs> hindsight, of course. Hindsight, of course. And I guess just one other thing with this game, mate. Your um, your boy, or I guess our boy, Tyson Frizzell. He had another good game. What are your thoughts on him moving forward? Is it the same that we've been talking about? And he's just finally had his game that he's. It's not really a breakout game, I guess, but he's he's hit back form, and yeah, uh, you're looking to bring him in. Yeah, two two good players for the Knights that have, you know, probably tipped their tipped their break even and moving forward, like we spoke about Brayley earlier and Frizzell's the other one. Um, he will average, you know, 55-plus uh, over the course of the season, and this week's probably the best week um, to get him in if you were looking at him. So break even of 31, only 614K. I think it's a no-brainer. He's a, he's a keeper edge option going forward. The only other caveat I'd put around it is that if you are certain that Hosking is going to be an edge for the Panthers going forward, he's the better option, I'd say. Um, Frizzell will definitely... Frizzell's probably the safer option and by the fact that you know that he's going to be playing edge 80 minutes at the Knights and he will his average will increase and his cash will... It, it's as cheap as you're going to get him, for sure, Frizzell at this point. Um, but Hosking just has that upside that he's a little bit cheaper and that he is playing in a team that actually will score points and will give him opportunities to get tries and line breaks and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's the only caveat I'll put around Frizzell. But, yeah, still a still a great buy this week, Frizzell. Definitely the cheapest you're ever going to get him. I agree with that. And he has got, you know, a few lower scores where he didn't play 80 minutes in this average. So similar to what we are talking about with Campiero, that's going to kind of... Um, those games will eventually drop out of his his rolling average there, and um, that's where some big jumps can come in. We thought he was probably fifty odd k underpriced to start the season. Um, so yeah, he's got potentially that money to make, and uh, the money that he's kind of lost off this early part of the season as well. So potentially a hundred plus k in value as well for Tyson Frizzell at six fourteen k. I guess one I was also kind of thinking in the same bracket, we didn't really touch on him on the Raiders, but Hudson Young is kind of in a similar boat for me. He's started the season poorly, but then had two back-to-back good scores. Would you be leaning Frizzell over Hudson Young, or is uh, Hudson Young you're even, even someone you're really considering? Yeah, they're both in the same category, but I think I'd lean Frizzell more just because he's more base stats heavy, whereas Young, he kind of needs the tackle bust and the line breaks to to get him up to those, you know, 60-plus scores. Uh, they're both good options, both, like, gun edges. Like, if you could get any of these two in at any point of the season, you're, you're cheering. Um, but, yeah, I think I'd lean Frizzell out of those two just for the base stats that he provides. And the Raiders haven't looked that great yet. I thought they were going to start the season a lot better, but yeah, they're they're really struggling. I think they're second last at the moment as well. So, yeah, rough times to be a Raiders fan. Yeah, or if um, can't remember what podcast I was listening to. Really, they're last because you know it's sixteen team comp. They're really last. Um, <laughs> so that's another 
good one if you've got Raiders mates. They're basically coming last. Uh, 17th doesn't really count because it's the Tigers. Um, <laughs> Fair. But I guess that's all we have for, for that game, mate. So let's move on to the Dragons and the Finns. There's no one really on the Dragons side that I'm looking at. Pretty stock standard to have seen over the last couple of weeks. We mentioned Toby Couch, but off the bench, who is a potential cheaper option uh, guy if you don't want to go for a, a Sean Kepi and you just want someone who's going to kind of make your cash pretty consistently, but more of a kind of slow burn. And then I guess we've got Jack Bostock as well for, for the Dolphins here on the wing. Any love for, for Jack Bostock? I'm not even sure if he's in the game yet. He wasn't yesterday. Yeah, he oh, only just got added. A 230 game. Yeah. Yeah. Any any love for him, mate? For someone wanting to downgrade or... Yeah, he, he did look quite good uh, in the trial game. I'm just not sure. I think Tessie News what, out for three to four weeks. So not a hugely long, uh, huge time out, to be honest, from Tessie News. So I wouldn't be relying on stock to make you a ton of cash but if you need a cash down option yeah he's he's there as a as a the probably basement player you'd you'd be looking to get um but i think i'd rather lean on like a couchman or a brendan hands um you know they're a little bit more expensive but will be playing a bit more than than stock would but yeah honestly another another okay cash down option this week beauty yeah i like that um i guess as well just on the dolphins what are your thoughts on Connolly Lemuelu. Uh, a couple of people brought him in this week. Do you think he's he's still a buy? And what do you, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, still a buy. Uh, he's still got another three games in this team, so he's, he'll be playing edge for the next three rounds. I think at that point he'll probably move back to the bench once um, once Felice Kafusi's back, unless he really impresses over the next couple of weeks. So definitely still one to buy. And you know if he does. Um, Store up that edge spot, and maybe um, they move Kenny Bromwich to the front row when Felice Kafusi comes back, like they they were planning to last week. Um, he could have this long term, but yeah, if you need a centre, still a good buy, um, still at a good price, and will only make more cash in the future. Yeah, I actually think that's my what that's what's going to happen with him. I think when Felice comes back, he'll still get this spot, and uh, Bromwich will move into the front row rotation. He um he won that spot over Bromwich, it seems, um, for that game when Felice Cafusi got suspended. So every chance he he's done everything or he's done enough to, to kind of keep it. But yeah, I guess one to have a just one to kind of see. He's still probably a buy this week. Just so handy for that duel, and you can put him in your centers. I know that's what I've done this week, and it's allowed me to move hammer back to the wing of fullbacks and kind of give me some extra flexibility. So I really like it from that standpoint. Um, and yeah, still have some money to make, I think. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we've got the, the Broncos versus the West Tigers. There's nothing really Broncos related that I want to touch on, but I think with the Tigers, what were your thoughts on Adam Dewey? And um, he's got another big break even this week. Are you, are you still holding him or uh, is it someone yeah. you think you're going to try and get rid of? I I moved him on last week. So I think you can, like, he's obviously dropped another 40K um, since last week. At fullback, he's not going to hit your big 
60 plus scores that you're looking for, unfortunately. So yeah, he's another one that you can still move on. If they persist with him at fullback, he'll drop a bunch of cash. Um, so yeah, I think you're probably moving him on if you haven't already this week. And who knows, if he moves back to the halves later in the season, he might be one to, to keep an eye on to bring back into your squad. seems like Dewey, you know, for the last couple of years, he's been the player that you kind of go to to make cash for a couple of weeks, <laughs> especially because he's been moved around so much of the Tigers. And when he finally gets put into that halves role, everyone jumps on him for a couple of weeks, only for him to get injured or moved back again. So he's one to be very cautious of because they're not, um, they're not shy of moving him around. But yeah, definitely one to sell at this point. And I think you could almost say that about every player in this Tigers team uh, with the way they're going. No one's job is, uh, I think, locked in at this point. Maybe uh, Pabali or yeah, even John Bateman, like, you just don't know what they're going to do if they string another couple of losses together. John Bateman can move into the lock rotation or something like that. Yeah. One I think, that um... I think a few... Oh, sorry, you go. So I was just going to say, the one that I probably would look at from this Tigers team is Bateman at this point. He's probably 10 points under average for where he will finish uh, at the end of the season. I expect him to probably be averaging around the 60 mark, especially because he's playing between edge and middle. Um, so yeah, he's one that I would look at bringing in if you can this week, because he's only going to go back up in price uh, from here. So uh, yeah, if you, if you need a, a gun edge at this point, he's also one to, to look at bringing in. But then again, I said the same thing about, you know, you've got your Frizzells, you've got your Hudson Youngs, you've got Hosking, you've got so many good options that you want to bring in. It's just which one which one do you go for? Yeah, Johnny. It's probably a tricky one too because he's got that edge. Um, and I'm not sure about your teammate, but I've got about 50 edges, it seems, yep. at the moment. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're good for money-making, but... And have on the bench there, it's just a tricky one to try and fit these gun guys in as well when you've got guys like Hosking coming through. Yeah. I guess on that on that chat, mate, we've got this guy, Sean Bloor, who's been uh dropped out of the team altogether. He's on the reserves. Is he a sell now for you? He's still got a lot of break even, so I think he could come back into this squad. He could even be a late inclusion. Yeah. What are your thoughts on him, mate? He he really isn't a huge issue at this point. If he's the only fire you have in your team, sure you can move him on to a to you know maybe a Jackson Ford if you have a bit of cash. Otherwise, down to a Couchman or someone like that. But I wouldn't be rushing to get him out of your team. He'll he'll hover around. You know he'll move into the bench every now and then. He'll be on the reserves. You know he'll drop out. It'll it'll kind of change for him over the course of the season, I reckon. But injuries to this team and their form will mean that he'll get another shot um, in this starting seventeen. So I wouldn't be too worried about moving on Sean Bloor at the minute, um, especially with so many other good options around. Yeah, I think I'm in the same uh, situation, mate. I think it's worth pointing out too, there is a buy for the Tigers in round seven. Um, and then they don't play that round 13 buy as well. So um, he maybe would have been a, a bit more of a hole if he played that 13, where it's going to be really hard to get numbers on the park. Uh, I guess with that in mind, if... You know, asking for a friend, uh, trying to get Jackson Ford in and have to sell either Sean Bloor or Matt Dury, who would you be leaning towards? Uh, I'd probably sell Dury at this point. I do think Dury probably gets another small price rise this week, uh, but because he is a bit more expensive, has a bit more cash on him, I'd probably trade him to 
forward, I think. I mean, they're both not going to score. Like, Dury's only going to score maybe a 20, 25 this week. Bloor's probably not going to score if he's left out of the team. Um, but I think I'd lean Dury just because you can bank a bit of cash um, if you have some. Yeah, I don't mind that as a shout. Um, Depends if you need the green dot. I'm gonna have to really, yeah, I'm going to have to really <laughs> think about it. Yeah, I wouldn't mind an extra green dot this week with uh, Cam Pereira and a couple of other guys in my team. Yeah. I think, I'm not sure if we're quite there yet, but getting ready for this round 13 buy, which is going to kind of creep up on people, and there's only, what, eight teams playing in this uh, week 13 uh, round. So, sorry, 10 teams, I think. But even still, it's going to be hard to get full team and... Uh, guys missing from origin and stuff that's a scary topic to maybe speak about in future yeah pods, let's but... uh let's leave that for now <laughs> we're still in round five let's let's leave the origin talk out for a bit i think it's going to be good though this year because we do get the extra trades and they do give us extra trades before origin as well so i think you move up to getting three trades around or something like that before the first origin so you'll get a couple extra well, one extra trade um to make as well so i wouldn't be too worried just yet uh, about um preparing for the buyers yeah, that just scared me a little bit, mate, just thinking about it. But um, <laughs> we got some time. Uh, and speak. let's move on to the next one. Two games to go. We've got the, the Sharks and the Warriors. Nico Hines, we've kind of touched on a little bit. He's probably, it sounds like, your number two buy this week, assuming you've got guys like Turbo as well. Um, is that kind of where you, where you see him, mate, or is there... Yeah, any situation where you think you'd be going him over a Hosking? Uh, no, I think I'm going Hosking one. Hines is my next best buy this week, but I just can't get both of them in. I don't have enough cash to do that. So <laughs> I think most people are going to have to choose between Hosking or Hines this week, unless you've banked, you know, 300, 400K that you have spare to spend and to get some good players in. Um, but I think I'd rate Hosking just for the cash making potential. Um, over Hines, but Hines is a he's a must buy. I think the fact that if he didn't have a buy, um, you know, in two rounds time, I would be getting him as my number one buy this week. But the fact that they've got a buy and he's not going to hurt you too hard, hurt you too much over the next couple of weeks, then yeah, I think he can. You can wait for him till after the buy. Yeah, I like that. I think we're still at the kind of build and team value part of the season. Yeah. Um, as in that should be kind of more of the focus versus the points on the board. And hopefully you can kind of catch people up in the back half of the season. That costing could be one of these guys that um, if you don't have him, could be a real difference maker for your, for your team in the run home. So he's probably the way I'm leaning as well. But not to say Hines isn't a buy. Hines is a must not to buy. Say, yes. <laughs> yeah. If you've got the opportunity to, to do both, um, I would yeah. definitely be looking at it. I guess, on that same vein, mate, would you be – people are going to be looking at their teams, seeing, oh, what can I do this week to to fit in both? Would you consider selling someone like a Cleary? Would you consider selling a Cam Murray? Would you consider selling a Hopgood or a Harry Grant, any of these kind of guys? Uh, the ones you named, no. I would be holding Cleary, holding Murray – uh, holding Hopgood, they're all still good players to keep in your squad. The one that I am looking at moving on is Carrigan. I was only using him as a bit as a bit of a cash cow because he was valued under 50k to start the season, uh, under 50 
point under a 50 point average to start the season. So he was one that I was kind of keeping an eye on to see how he was going to do over the coming round, over the opening rounds. And he's done well, don't get me wrong, but he hasn't hit the, you know, the 70 plus minutes, 80 minutes that I was hoping that he would be playing um, week in, week out. So I think Carrigan's one, if you do have him, that you can move on to get Hines in. Um, but all those other guys that you already spoke about, they're guns. You probably got to keep them in your team. It's just Carrigan's just that little step below being an absolute must-have that he's kind of prone to being move on if you need cash. Um, yeah, that's just unfortunate for for him. But yeah, Murray, he'll bounce back. Wouldn't be selling him. Cleary, he's the goat. Got to keep him in. You know those guys. And then Hopgood, he's honestly up there. And I wouldn't move him on just yet until we see how the how the forward pack shapes out once you have Lane, Madison, and Hopgood there with a Cartwright and stuff on the bench. I wouldn't be moving Hopgood on just yet. Really like it, mate. Yep, agree with you 100% on those points. Um, unlucky for Paddy Carrigan, didn't make the cut for your super coach. I mean, your, your fantasy team, hopefully he's not too torn up about that. Um, <laughs> hey, he's still a gun. I wouldn't be worried he's about still a gun. just Yeah. yeah. He's one of those players that he's got a lot of cash to him and, you know, he's just not as elite as some of these other guys, unfortunately. I agree. And I think if you, well, there's probably no one in the real luxury that you have all of these, like you have a Cleary, you have a Hines. Um, but Cam Murray is an immediate sell if you've got, you know, uh, these guys in your team and you're, and you're sailing along he's more just like if you have to sell somebody he's probably the one that you'd be you'd be pointing the finger at just because um you can maybe make up those points elsewhere but i guess one other guy i just want to touch on quickly jackson ford he's someone i'm bringing in i think this week what are your thoughts on him he got that good role um back when he came back from his injury last week 80 minutes on the edge 60 odd He's still a still a buy for you. Yeah, absolutely. He's still a he's still a buy. He averages around the he'll probably average out around the forty to fifty mark, depending on you know as long as he stays on the park, um, gets eighty minutes every week. But yeah, the fact that he's still under four hundred k means that he he stands to gain you know another one hundred and fifty k from where he's currently at. So yeah, another one that's a, a no brainer to buy to make a bit of cash. Beauty, mate. Well. That brings us to the last game here. We've got the Dogs and the Cowboys. Probably just the one player I want to touch on on this Dogs team, and that's Matt Burden. He got the goal kicking back last week, and he seems to have bottomed out in price. What are your thoughts on him um, coming into the team or your team this week? Yeah, he's another one that I'd be looking at buying. The only thing going against him is the Bulldogs' form at this point. I think they honestly could get up against the Cowboys uh, this week. You know, the fact that they don't have drink water in their team. Hey, don't lost. put out, don't put that out there, mate. <laughs> Take mate, that back. They're struggling at the moment. The fact that Cotter's not there, you know, Nanai's out, suspended. There's a lot going against him, um, unfortunately, this week. So... I think I just need to see a bit more form from the dogs before I jump on Burton. But yeah, you, like you've said, he's bottomed out in price. He's just under 600K. I think he's at 599K this week. Um, yeah, I think I just need to see him score a couple more 50 scores on the trot um, so that he is a must buy. But one to keep an eye on, if he gets another 50 this week, I think even though he's going to increase a bit more in cash, he's one that you can bring in. I like that as well. And someone for me that... As Nico Hines, I probably have to bring him in. Oh, I'm definitely thinking about bringing him in next week to cover Nico for his buy. 
I guess one we probably should have touched on a bit earlier as well was Sean Johnson, who a lot of people brought in. Do you have any love for for Sean Johnson? And is he potentially a better buy than than Burton if you kind of had the cash and were able to do it? I mean, yeah, if you had the cash, he's a he's a great buy for sure. I was I'm still angry at myself that I didn't trade Sutton to Johnson last week, um, but. Yeah, he's Johnson's still a great buy in the halves, making plenty of cash. He's just a tick under 700k at the moment, so he's starting to get up there in price. Um, but he's still probably got as long as he can keep scoring, you know, 50, 55 plus, he's still probably got another 50 to 100k to make. And could you know, he's shaping up as a as a kind of gun half to be honest. So, yeah, one that you can you can buy with confidence and have in your team for most of the season. Yeah, and I guess one kind of final note if. You're going to pull a Sean Johnson trigger, I think. You've pretty much got to do it this week, it seems. He's got a 19 break even. He's going to continue. Like, I think this week, kind of like his last big price rise, he could go up. He went up 50K last week. He could go up another around that this week. Matt Burton, you've maybe got an extra week because he's got a 40 break even. Um, Even if he scores a 50, he's not going to kind of be unreachable for you there. So I think that's... That's the last thing I want to add with those guys. Yeah. I think the one thing you've got to think about in your halves, though, is where do you want to position your team, you know, come the end of the season? And if you have Cleary and you have Hines, do you really need another gun half just sitting on your interchange? That's just kind of the way you've got to think about it um, over the next couple of rounds because everyone wants Cleary in their team. Everyone wants Hines in their team. What about these other halves, you know, that are hanging around, like your Sean Johnsons, your Burtons, um, even a DCE, you know, they're, they're, they're good options, but by the end of the season, how many do you need? <laughs> you only need three, really. So, yeah, keep that yeah, in mind. Yeah, I'd be very happy to have three of them, at least. And then you've got guys yeah. like Katoa, who I think is going to be an even better buy, or better player scoring-wise over the next couple of weeks now that Sean, uh, Sean O'Sullivan's out. So yeah. I think he could get some extra kind of kicking meters, some extra responsibility in this team. Some extra kind of like attacking stats, but ten hopefully. So um yeah, four halves, but yeah, probably no more than that. And then there's only one other person I want to touch on for the Cowboys team, and that's Helan Lukey. He's got the starting side, starting spot for the Cowboys here. I'm not certain if he'll play 80 because there's Mitch Dunn there on the bench, but he looks to be playing at least 60 plus. What are your thoughts on him, mate? He's uh, in the 400s as far as uh, price and, you know, is one of these kind of young guns of the Cowboys that could potentially be a 40-plus averaging guy for the rest of the year. Any love for him? I think at this stage, no, He's because he's one that I would keep an eye on for sure. Definitely in draft, Luke is a great one to pick up because he has that potential to go big and get an 80-minute role in this Cowboys team. The problem is, you know, Nanai's out suspended for the next two rounds. They obviously want to stick with Cohen Hess in the back row. And then the fact you you add Mitch Dunn onto the bench, it doesn't leave much space for an 80-minute back rower. So, yeah, probably probably one that I'll keep an eye on, but not one that I'll pull the trigger on this week with so many other good buys. I think of that is that there's just too many other good buys this week. Yeah. Guys like Jackson Ford and um, Hosking, which I'd definitely be putting above him but yeah i think there's definitely a scenario in a couple of weeks where a lot of people are bringing him in similar to like a jackson ford at the moment i think he's going to win this spot 
eventually. I don't think they really see um, Cohen Hess as the long-term edge there. I think they want him to play in the middle. They were just kind of stuck at the start of the season with, you know, Leilua going out and Lukey not being available. So I think Lukey yeah. wins this position eventually. And then, yeah, if he's getting 80 on the on the edge, it could be, yeah, he scored four, nearly 40 in 57 minutes. If he's getting 80, he could be pushing that kind of around the 50 mark. So... Yeah, I think he was averaging when he's in his starting games, he was averaging around 55 to 60 when he played 80. So if he does get a start in the second row and he gets 80 minutes, then yeah, he might be a good option. But yeah, I'd definitely wait and see before pulling the trigger on him. Sweet wait. Well, I think that that wraps it up for us. Any um fan questions you want to jump into to, to finish us off? Yeah, mate, let's jump into some fan questions. We've got plenty through our Instagram. If you have any you want to send through, jump onto Instagram and go to at footybrainspod. Uh, we put up a post before our, our podcast every week on a Tuesday, so feel free to send us through your questions there. Uh, first question from Josh. Would you get rid of Luttrell? Uh, I wouldn't. I'd be holding strong. He had a bit of a weird game last week with no tackle breaks and um, wasn't kind of the typical Luttrell that we know and love, but I'd be holding him. He's a season-long keeper. He's, uh, I think, as we're saying with Isaac Thompson, his draw opens up a little bit as well where he can hopefully put some um, big scores on. So, yeah, I'm be holding him, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a hold. Uh, choosing between Miller and Walsh, who would you go? I guess out of those two, that's a that's a nice luxury trade that you got yourself into, Miller yeah. and Walsh. Um but I guess I'd be leaning Reese Walsh. Just yeah. yeah, he's been scoring well. Miller's probably kind of almost Mac. Oh, he's got a pretty low break even still, but I think there's maybe a little bit more upside with, with Reese Walsh on that. Yeah. Broncos think, team and yeah, go. Sorry, I was gonna say, I think if you're if you're choosing between those two, like you said, you got you've got a bit of luxury. Um you've got plenty of cash there to to spend. But um yeah, Miller, he is in a Knights team compared to Welsh, who's in a Broncos team. So, yeah, you do the math. <laughs> uh, question from Jacinta. Uh, do I trade DCE to Hines? That's a big one. I'll let you handle that. Wow. Jacinta always just coming in with the big questions. Yeah, that's... I think I'd be doing that, honestly. Uh, DCE to Hines. DCE has been solid, but... We saw what Heinz can do with his 98 on the on the weekend. Even that game uh, Cherry Evans had where he scored the hat-trick, he was less than what Nico scored um, on the weekend, which is kind of crazy to think about. So he has to do a lot to kind of get those points. Even on the weekend, he scored 69 with the try there. So while well, I think DC is perfectly good by, he gets those kick meters. If that's your only avenue to go up to Nico, I'd be doing it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think this week, though, because the fact that Hines has a bye in two rounds' time and the fact that Manly's playing the the Knights, I think I might hold off on that trade for a week or two. But, yeah, I mean, you can pull that trade off. It's just, it does feel sideways. Like, I hate to say it, it feels so sideways because it's, you know, DC and Hines and they're both gun halves, but Hines is just that elite tier that, it's hard to hard to get a player that's that good. That's actually a good shout to maybe hold off a week. Just, you know, I guess logically like DC in two weeks is going to score 
more than what Hines will in one week. So it gives you a few more points on the board if you if you need the numbers and things like that. So yeah, but yeah, maybe a round, I guess round six, round seven, round seven, whatever. yeah, round after seven, the yeah, yeah. Count. after the yeah, maths. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, another question, Tohu and Talao to Ford and Hosking, um, thinking that Tohu uh, is too much of a risk because of his injury. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I like that. Um, Tohu's an interesting one, and I think, yeah, if you've got him in your, your drafts or, or your classic, just make sure you're keeping an eye on that late mail because it could very well be a late scratching. He, yeah, it looked like he went down with a decently serious leg injury even NRL physio thought it would be a couple of weeks I thought when um I listened to his podcast on Sunday night um so it could yeah be one that kind of is a laid out and honestly I don't mind doing that anyway just because it gives you Hosking it gives you Jackson Ford it kind of keeps your cash flow coming in as well so I think even if Tohu comes back might be kind of reduced minutes or lower performance so yeah Definitely, yeah, don't hate that. Yeah, Harris is one over the next couple of weeks that's unfortunate if you already have him because he was a great buy, you know, a couple of weeks ago because he was smashing out big scores, playing 80 at lock. But now that he has this knee injury, it's very, very tough because you want to hold him because he's the perfect candidate over the over the origin rounds to have in your team because he's, you know, going to be playing while all these other good middles are out. But the moment it's so hard to hold on to him because you can expect him to drop a lot of cash so i think if you're thinking overall and you're you're thinking about your team and not making too many trades you probably hold on to him because he's a mid that you want to keep long term but for all these guys for all the guys that don't have him you know he's only eight under eight percent owned if you don't have him he's one to keep an eye on because i expect his scores will probably drop he won't play as many minutes and that knee injury is going to linger for the next couple of rounds so one to look at picking up in maybe a month's time once his price drops a bit. Yeah, that's an important point to highlight as well. Yeah, I like that, mate. And yeah, well said. I agree with that as well. Right, a question from Joe. Do I hold off on Hines until after the buy round and should I go Hosking instead? Uh, oh, well, I mean, we have kind of covered that throughout the pod, <laughs> but I'll let you reiterate our thoughts. Yeah, I think Hosking is the number one buy there is that potential to wait after the buy. But I think if you can do it this week, you should definitely lock him in. Um, I can't remember if I was saying this to you off here last week or if we, we said it on the pod, but I think it's kind of a similar situation to Tommy Turbo when I was starting to build my team at the start of the year with, like, we just don't know what's going to happen in a couple of weeks um, <laughs> with, you know, other injuries and other holes we have to fix in our team. I think Nico yeah. Hines is someone I'm pretty happy to lock in and just like, if you can do it, lock him in because you're going to, you're going to want him in a couple of weeks. You might have some bigger problems and need to use those two trades for something else and kind of prolongs getting him in your team. So I'm happy to lock him in and yeah, he's gone. Don't overthink it if you can do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And before we move on to some other questions, I actually have a bit of a, a bit of a, uh, I guess, a topical question for you with everyone talking about Origin, you know, coming up and what to, how to position your team, especially you earlier in this pod. Hines, does he play Origin? Does he get that number six shirt to play alongside Cleary? No, nah, I don't think he does, um, which is extremely unlucky, but I just, yeah, I don't think they'll, they'll break up 
Luai and, and Cleary. And then I even think still there's guys like, you know, Jack Whiten or people like that who probably would get him for a utility spot there on the edge or like a Latrell or a Tommy Turbo, depending on what they do with the centers. So I think he's going to be a very unlucky 18th man. I think also especially because he's he's missed the first couple of games. But I definitely wouldn't hate it if he came in. I think he's a weapon and probably better than – well, he's better than Luai. Um, yeah, that's what I was going to say. If they're, if they're doing their job right, <laughs> he, he plays number six, right? <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's tricky. Like, do they break up the combinations and et cetera? There's a lot that goes into it. Um, yeah. I just think – yeah, it'll be a really interesting series because if they don't win this year, I think Freddie's got to go tear it all apart, start again. Like, they should have won. I don't know. Their team is just unreal, the Blues, and they should be just killing it, but don't know what's up. Yeah. Yeah. See what happens this year for sure. Uh, question from yeah. Cohen. Is Tanner Boy to sell? I think he still is. He had... A good game on the weekend so he's not an immediate sell by any stretch uh if you could do like a him to a sean johnson uh pines uh you know burden anything like that i'd be i'd be doing it but yeah i don't think he's an immediate sell because he had a good score on the weekend yeah i think he's a hold for sure i i wouldn't be getting rid of him anytime soon just for the fact that he's you know a hooker half dual position player and you can use him as a looping option this week, so there's no issue with holding on to him. If you haven't got him already, he's actually not a bad option to look at because he... I think he's lost cash since the start of the season. Oh, he's only gone up 11K, so he's another option that, you know, now that he's kind of hit his stride a bit, might be um, might be getting consistent scores. So I actually don't mind him on your bench um, if you've still got him. That's pretty gross, mate. I don't know about that. I, I rate Tanner Boyd, mate. I rate him. Get him in. Get Love him in, buddy. Might have to have some kind of side bet the two of the two of us. I just we know Tanner Boyd has these twenty uh, fives in him, like he scored against the Dragons in round two. And look, I'm just so skeptical about him. I guess this probably locks him in for eighty minutes just because of the you know Brimson going out and stuff like that. But you could see a scenario in a couple of weeks when Brimson's hopefully back. He gets those kind of like 65-ish minute games and gets subbed for Jaden Campbell. Just he's inconsistent, a little bit too inconsistent for me. Not someone I'm like putting all my money on to have a have a good week on any given round. Kieran Foran looks like he's going to be out for a little while, so maybe he gets kind of a bigger role and more kick meters and things like that, but probably one I'm happy to miss out on if he proves me wrong. So be it. Fair enough. Uh, question from Alex. Convince me why I should chase Hines in round seven instead of going Cleary this round. That is actually a good talking point. So obviously has a choice of, doesn't have Cleary or Hines, has the choice to go Cleary now or wait for Hines in round seven. What are your thoughts? Okay. Here's my convincing, you know, law school coming out. Nico Hines scored 98 points last weekend coming off a calf injury. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is fair enough. He did have three try assists and plenty of line break assists. But to be honest, watching that game, he didn't look like he did that much. 
Like he he obviously was an absolute scary. Gun. Yeah, that's why I think that Hines is like an absolute must have this season. Like, and the fact that he came off with ten minutes to go means that he could have gone so much bigger. So I think. Hines is a definite must-have. I think, obviously, you want Cleary at some point this season, but Hines is just, yeah, he's just next next level. That's the problem. Although Cleary has bottomed out, so Cleary, I can see the I can see the argument. Yeah, definitely. That two-point field goal he scored on the weekend was very alpha as well, just quietly. So, yeah, maybe in that sense, the two, you know, you get Cleary for two weeks, He's going to score more than Hines will in one week. That's probably the, I guess, the deciding factor. But I think long-term you want Hines over Cleary, but really both. Yeah, they're both going to be one and two, most likely, top scorers overall this year. So, yeah, get him in. Well, beauty, mate. I think that kind of wraps up the questions, doesn't it? Um, and that probably does it does for the week. So um, thanks, everyone, for listening along. Thanks for, for liking and getting around us on the socials on Footy Brands Pod. Good luck this week and, uh, yeah, catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the Footy Brains Podcast. Please follow us at Footy Brains Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And if you'd like to further support us in what we do, you can do so through Patreon. All links are in our socials bio or through the link tree in the episode description. Good luck and we'll see you next week.